what we talk about is important. And the, the, we get objections. Obviously, our faith is a thinking faith. Our faith is for thinking people. I've often said this on campus. I challenge students. Christianity is for thinking people. And I welcome interaction because I believe we have the truth, and the truth can stand scrutiny, but we need to be good defenders of it. So we've been talking about how to handle objections. Today, we're only on the second day of this, or third, third day of the process, second day of objections. And I think today is going to be maybe my favorite objection to handle. And it's the question of what about, why do Christians think they're the only ones going to heaven? It sounds so narrow-minded. It sounds so arrogant. It sounds like you guys think you're better than everybody else. And it's based on the assumption people have that the way to get to heaven is through being good enough. Of course, we believe Jesus is the way to heaven and the only way to heaven because that's what the Bible teaches. We've got to believe that. This is what Jesus himself taught. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man, no one comes to the Father apart from me. Now, that Jesus didn't say he's one of the ways. He's one of the truths. He said he is the way, the truth, the life. And he is very exclusive. And you might call it narrow, but the truth is it, it's truthful. I mean, it's narrow to believe two plus two is four and not six, seven, or eight. That's narrow thinking, but it's the truth. All right? And so uh, we want to be truthful, and we believe in this because Jesus taught it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the apostles were brought before the Sanhedrin, and they claimed, they claimed this, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given amongst men, given, there is no other name under heaven that has been given amongst men by which we must be saved. That's pretty clear again. There's no other name, no other way, no other salvation, no other path. The Bible teaches there are false hopes of salvation, false paths that lead to destruction rather than to life. We want to be on the one true path. And so there, this question comes up, you know, if someone says, as today's objection, if someone says anyone who thinks that Christians are the only ones going to heaven is narrow-minded or arrogant, how do we respond? Here's my response. I can see why you feel that way. By the way, my response is a little bit different than I mentioned in my email last night. I've adapted just a little bit. I can see how you feel that way. You know, others have felt that way, too, until they discovered the reason Christians think they'll go to heaven. I'm curious, do you know why Christians think they're going to heaven? Practice it. That's so easy right there. Isn't that easy? Doesn't it follow this method of FFDPQ? I can see why you feel that way. Others have felt that way too until they discovered the reason Christians think they're going to heaven. Then we're going to pivot. I'm curious, do you know why Christians think they're going to heaven? And I want to encourage you, again, there's, there's something about repeating this and saying it, having it ready on our lips so that when a question like this comes up, it just flows rather than, rather than um, 
you know, I was kind of struggling with it or said, what was I supposed to say? Ah, oh, yeah, I remember I should have said this. We want to ponder how to answer. We want to prepare. You know, I used to coach basketball years ago, and I, I always prided myself. I could tell a kid, if you, th- this is a weakness in your game. If you practice this one move, and I would show them from footwork or handwork or whatever, shoulders, whatever, you practice this 50, 60 times every day, over and over, and in a week from now, It'll become natural. You'll just do it on the court. It'll just happen. The circumstance will be there. It'll happen without thinking about it. It's the same with how we talk to people about Christ. If we prepare ourselves and give some practice, when that moment comes, it can come to us. It can come to us. And if we don't do that, then often we think later, oh, I wish I would have said or I wish I would have remembered. So practice. I can see why you feel that way. Others have felt that way, too, until they discovered the reason Christians think they're going to heaven. I'm curious. Do you know why Christians think they're going to heaven? Now, obviously, if they, you hope they say no, and you hope that there's a degree of curiosity here. You hope that they are willing to, to say, you know, okay, I'll take the bait. Why Christians go to heaven? You know, they'll respond something like that, or they'll, they'll let you go on. And when we do, what we want to share is, you can, you can mention this first point if you'd like. Well, the reason we believe it is because Jesus promised we can know. And Jesus promised there's a way. Do you realize other religions don't promise that? Other religions have a hope, but only in the Christian faith, only Christians have this assurance of eternal life. Why is this? It's because, and this leads into the reasoning that we want to give then later, or secondly, is because in every religion, and in most people's minds, and indeed in a lot of people who claim to be Christian the way they're thinking too, their hope of salvation, their hope of eternal life, their hope of going to heaven is that they've been good enough. Based on my, I've done the right things, and I haven't done the really bad things. I haven't, you know, I've never, I mean, if you would have asked me years ago, Tom, you think you're going to heaven? I said, well, I've never murdered anybody. I've never committed any of the really, really big sins. And if I did, I kind of made up for them with, you know, some of the other good things I was supposed to do. So we get this idea that, you know, my, my bad deeds, my good deeds, the bad deeds, the tip in the scales this way. But if I do enough good things, you know, I can tip the scales so that I, I make it to heaven on judgment day. But that's not how God judges us. The Bible teaches salvation, and this is the key thing you want to tell people. This is why we know. This is why we, we, we don't go to heaven because we're good enough. We go to heaven because Jesus accomplished what he was sent here to do. He was sent to save sinners. He was sent to give his life as a ransom for us. He was sent to pay the price for our sins. The Romans uh, 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so this is what we want to help people understand. Salvation, getting to heaven, shall we say, is not something we earn. It is the gift God gives to those people who have faith in Jesus Christ. This is the difference. This is why we can have assurance. This is why we can know. If salvation was based on me being good enough, I'd never know if I've been good enough. I haven't had the test yet. And not only that, I'd never know if maybe I've, who, if I've been good enough up to this point 
what if I do, you know, something really bad or change drastically negatively, you know, in the future? But the reason we have assurance is because our salvation isn't based on how we live. It's based on what Jesus Christ accomplished at the cross. This is what we want people to understand. This is why we have this assurance. This is why we welcome this question of, you, you know, even though they may think you're arrogant or closed-minded, I say bring it on. Let us explain why we believe. The reason we believe is not because I think I'm good enough. The reason I believe I'm going to heaven is because I trust Jesus Christ. When he died on that cross, he took every one of my sins and paid them fully. And folks, this is the good news. Every one of your, if you're in Christ, every one of your sins, big ones, little ones, ones you were really, 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 really remorseful over, ones you might not even realize are all that bad, ones you might not even realize you did. It's like God took them off of us. He placed them on Jesus. He judged Jesus on our behalf, and now he's given us his righteousness. We're not going to heaven because we're good enough. We don't have assurance because we're good enough. We have assurance because we believe Jesus accomplished what God sent him to do. And now he's given us, those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, this free gift. This is good news. This is good news. This question, this objection, turns it right back to the gospel. That's so important. Don't stand around defending, well, we're not really arrogant. We don't think we're better than others. We don't want to be holier than thou. That's not the issue. Pivot. Change the conversation. They come to you thinking you're narrow-minded or you're arrogant to think yours is the only way. Don't get into an argument about whether you're narrow-minded. Simply say, I can say, see why you feel that way. Others have felt that way too until they discovered why Christians think they're the, they're, they're the only ones going to heaven. I'm curious. Do you know why we believe that? Hopefully they'll say, well, why? And you simply explain. While every other religion teaches you earn your way to heaven, and you've got to be good enough to get to heaven, and no one can know that until the judgment day, Christianity teaches our salvation was secured by Jesus Christ. It's not on the basis of our works, Titus 3 verse 5, but according to what, the, what God has done for us in giving us this gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. If you have further questions about this, I do have a video on my page right below where we're at today. Just go down the channel a little bit on the bridge diagram, bridging the gap between us and God. And I explain this in further detail if you'd like to know more about this. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the assurance of salvation that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. How wonderful. Lord, we don't take advantage of this. We don't think we don't take lightly then that we can do whatever we want. We got it made. It's a breeze, so we just chill out and and live for ourselves. That's not the response. The response is that we love you back the way you've loved us. We're committed back to you the way you're committed to us. That we have good news, Father. It's like you've given us. It's like we were once sick with cancer and we found the cure, and we're better now. And that doesn't make us just want to go destroy our health again. That makes us want to tell others, we found the cure. We found the way. We found, we found out the answer. Help us, Father, to be bold and courageous in sharing this. Help us not fear the Lord. I, I know so often we're afraid to talk to others about, about you, about our faith in you, because we're afraid we'll be 
hit with an objection that we don't know how to respond to. Help us, Lord, to be learning how to ponder well, how to add persuasiveness to our lips. Teach us, Lord. This is important. Father, this is important. You've made us your ambassadors. You've given us the message of reconciliation. We believe, Lord, I believe everyone on this live stream, I believe we have in our faith, in our possession, in our own life, the greatest message, the greatest truth any people could ever, 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 ever know. We confess, Father, we often forget this. We often think there's other things even more important, we, not consciously, but practically. Father, remind us, encourage us, embolden us in sharing our faith and not fearing the objections that would come up. We thank you we have the truth. If we don't know the answer, Lord, we thank you the answers are available and we can find them. We bless you. Lord, give us this, fill us with your joy today, with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, everywhere we go today, our smile would, would show that we are, have the peace of God, the love of God, and the joy of God in our lives. We pray, guide our steps. Give us divine appointments today, Lord. Help us to have opportunities where we can help hurting people, serve people in need, give a word of encouragement to brothers and sisters who need it, lift up the downtrodden, share the gospel with those who are lost. We pray, take this day and use it for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, I live in Ohio where the mask mandate is off and a bunch of my fellow Buckeyes, we're all excited to see people smiling again. And uh, we went off yesterday, and so we're, we're glad to be seeing people smiling and not having to be covered by face. If you, if, you, if you need to wear a mask and you feel that you should, you go right ahead and do it. That's your right. You do it. But if you don't wear, want to wear one and you don't have one, make sure you smile at people today. Some people haven't seen many people smile for a whole year. Make sure you smile. Make sure they see, see it, and maybe even to the point they say, what, what are you so happy about? And you might just have something to tell them. God bless you. You have a great day. If you're new here, make sure you hit the subscribe, the notify, like the page, and, um, uh, and, and leave a comment. I always like to know who, who's there. And if there's a question or objection you want me to address here in this, in this series, then make sure and tell me. God bless you. You have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.